Welcome in to a Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton, and we have a ton to talk about today. But, Mo, first, how are you? How, how, is, how are things? Um, things are okay, man. Things are, things are really good, especially in Philadelphia. But, um, yeah, looking forward to this two-hour show that probably could easily be three. I don't want to say that too loud because I don't want to do a three-hour show, but yeah, I, I think we've probably got three hours worth of stuff. Yeah, we, we, we're going to have to cram it all into two. We've got three three hours worth, two hours to get it in. Mm. Talk fast. <laughs> Talk fast. will be That will be our motto today. Yeah, I, I mean, man, what a crazy, crazy weekend in in all of sports, but particularly college sports. And, and what's, I, I was, I was working through that the fantasy college conferences that I put together and I was going through the rankings and, and getting everybody's scores set up. And the number of teams that won and fell in the rankings is astounding this week. <laughs> like at least six or seven teams won their games and dropped in the CBS 133, which I mean, some folks won by a couple points over a team. They probably should have, you know, beaten a little worse, a little more you know, handily. You've got Tennessee who struggled against Austin P they mm -hmm. dropped it. I just, it was just wild to me as I was going through there, like, man, didn't they win? Why are they not as high? <laughs> and so, saw a lot of that, not just in college, but yeah, in some high school rankings as well. So, well, hopefully we can um, dissect some of those when we talk about the AP poll and when we get into that. And, and, and of course, all of the reactions from college football, NFL, we've got Braves that we'll talk about their game today, but also over the weekend against Pittsburgh. So plenty to get to today. And we might as well jump right in and get to the results from the weekend and today's schedule. And we'll get that to you on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit ZionEagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, 
prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Football action over the weekend in high school play. Baylor downs Lipscomb Academy 34-31 in a barn burn. It was Beach shutting out Portland 35-0. Brentwood edges Henry County 17-14 while Hillsborough takes care of Cane Ridge 27-7. It was Rossby 52, Clarksville Northwest nothing. Collinwood, a 38-13 winner over Eagleville. Shelbyville Central holds off Columbia Central. 29-27 and a last-second field goal uh, try for the Lions. No good there. Full coverage on MainStreetMurray.com from Mo Patton. Huntingdon takes care of Columbia Academy 48-14. It was 11-41. Cookville 17. Christ Presbyterian downs Montgomery Bell Academy 22-7, while Davidson Academy was a 43-26 winner over Battleground Academy. Donaldson Christian 42, Providence Christian 3. It was Gallatin 48, Dixon County 14. Innsworth downs Knox Catholic 38-14. And Cornersville was a 54-34 winner over Ezell Harding. Fairview edges Richland in overtime, going for two and getting it. 29-28, the final there for the Jackets in their home opener. Father Ryan, 56-21 winner over Brentwood Academy. Independence downs Franklin in overtime. Double overtime, right? Three weeks in a row. Right. At least two overtimes. No, no, no. Um, the second one was just one That's overtime. That's right. It was just overtime last week. You're right. Anyway, Independence, they like to play free football. 31-24 winners over the Admirals. Germantown, 41. Riverdale, 32. Franklin Road Academy, a 69-7 winner over Good Pastures. Friendship Christian, 42. Grace Franklin, 27. Marshall County shuts out Greenbrier, 37 nothing. And Green Hill was a 27-20 winner over Wilson Central. Grundy County down from Tennessee Heat, 37-8. While Mount Pleasant with a... <laughs> They're over Harpeth. Hendersonville, 61. Hunters Lane, nothing. Westmoreland, 48. Seven winners over Jackson County. Centennial Blanks Lawson, 35 nothing, giving them delight in their first loss as the Lawson Lightning. And Gordonsville, 35. Joe Burns, 6. Kirkwood still has not lost following their 49-29 win over Clarks from Northeast. Giles County takes the Cowbell back with a 42-7 win over Lawrence County in Lawrenceburg. East Nashville, 54, Maplewood, nothing. John Overton with a 39-16 win over McGavick. Little Tennessee Christian defeated Clarksville Academy, 42-7. Creekwood edges Montgomery Central, 21-20. Nolansville does not edge Glencliff, winning 55-nothing. Neither does Oakland with a 49-nothing win over Antioch. Page defeats Laverne, 38-7. Pearl Cone broke in the new turf with a 41-14 win over Pure Academy. Red Bull and Springs, 42. Mount Juliet Christian, 12. Spiegel, 21. Coffee County, nothing. Ravenwood down Smyrna, 28-6. Springfield in a barn burner down Station Camp, 34-33. Lincoln County stops a two-point conversion late and defeats Coast Spring Hill, 14-12. Rockvale, 34. Stewart's Creek, 26. Liberty Creek with a 55-18 win over Stratford. Loretto in the Pegasus Cup defeats Summertown, 35-0, becoming the first road team to win in that series. Blackman edges Summit, 28-27. East Robertson defeats Sycamore, 49-20. Charlottesville County with a 48-8 win over Republic. Mount Juliet, 53. Warren County, 13. DeKalb County doubles up Watertown, 20-10. Pope Prep with a 40-7 win over the Webb School. West Creek defeats Kenwood, 28-7. It was White House, 24. White Creek, 7. White House Heritage, 21. Cheatham County, 14. And in eight-man football, Christian Community defeated Zion Christian, 55-13. 
Volleyball action, Eagleville, 2 nothing winners over East Limestone of Alabama and Notre Dame, 2-1 winners over the Lady Eagles. It was Sycamore 2, Johnson County 1, Murfreesboro Central with a trio of wins on Friday, 2-1 over Buckhorn of Alabama, Bullet East of Kentucky, and 2-0 over Elizabethton. On Saturday, Sale Creek down to Eagleville, 2-0, while Eagleville took care of Chelsea of Alabama. That's a 6A school, well done, 2-1. Boyd Buchanan also falling to the Lady Eagles, 2-1. Gallatin with... Five wins here. Okay. They defeat Brentwood Academy 2 nothing. He's a Harding, same score. Lawson, same score. Pope Prep, same score. They defeated PCA 2-1, but fell to Middle Tennessee Christian 2 nothing. Model, Kentucky. Not Modell. I'm pretty sure going with Model. Model, Kentucky down Murfreesboro Central 2 nothing as Lauderdale County of Alabama beats uh, Murfreesboro as well 2-1. Girls soccer action on Friday. Point Pleasant out of West Virginia and Beach played to a scoreless draw. It was Father Ryan doubling up Lafayette of Kentucky for two. in Kentucky. It might be. <laughs> Who knows? It might, it might just be here that it's Lafayette. Um, Evangelical Christian, ECS out of Memphis, four. Franklin Grace, nothing. Hillsborough with a 7 nothing win over STEM Academy. Independence Academy defeated Republic, 8 nothing. It was Station Keep 1, Bowling Green of Kentucky. Nothing. Notre Dame of New York and University School of Nashville played to a 1-1 draw. Holy Cross of Kentucky and West Creek played to a scoreless draw. Ditto for Fairview and West Ridge. Holy Cross of Kentucky defeated Beach 3-1 and Martin Luther King defeated Beach 1-0. Chucky Doak 2, Providence Christian nothing. Hume fall with a 6-1 win over Daniel Boone. Bowling Green, Kentucky and Father Ryan, excuse me, played to a scoreless draw. One Central of Kentucky and Franklin Christian played to a 2-2 draw. Scott County of Kentucky and Franklin Christian played to a scoreless draw. Point Pleasant Catholic and Grace Christian out of Franklin, scoreless. Hume Fogg and Harding Academy, it's the Lady Blue Devils. Hume Fogg won 3 nothing. I have no idea. Yeah, I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> McCracken County of Kentucky takes down Merrill High three to one. That's a big win for McCracken County, Kentucky. I don't know how I don't know how good they are. They must be really good to beat Merrill High because Merrill High did beat South Gibson two to one. Providence Christian three nothing over uh, Coffee County Fairview. Blanks Rockwood four nothing. Was Providence Christian Severe County was score draw. Siegel Downs Grace Franklin one nothing. Evangelical Christian and Siegel <laughs> played to a nil nil draw. As did West Jessamine Kentucky and Station Camp. Trinity Christian and University School of Nashville scored two apiece. Point Pleasant down West Creek two to one. Point Pleasant from West Virginia and then West Creek down Martin Luther King two to one. On Sunday it was four Powell County Kentucky one. Uh, everyone who lost just about scored one goal here. Father <laughs> Ryan beats West Jessamine Kentucky two one. Hume Fog three. Lakeway Christian one. Martin Luther King two. Holy Cross Kentucky one. Providence Christian five. Bergen County Kentucky one. Siegel three, Owensboro Catholic, Kentucky. Surprise. Yeah. Raw Kentucky, though. Blank USN, 5 nothing, and Station Camp takes a 2 million in the West. College football action of uh, local note. Wake Forest 36, Vanderbilt 20, Tennessee downs Austin P30 to 13. Tennessee State takes a 24 14 win over Arkansas Pine Bluff over in Memphis, and Missouri edges Middle Tennessee State 23 to 19. In the professional football ranks, it was the New Orleans Saints defeating the Tennessee Titans 16-15 with some help. 
Major League Baseball action. The Braves take two of three from the Pirates, winning 8-2, falling 8-4, and winning 5-2. The Diamondbacks take two of three from the Cubs, winning 1-0 and 3-2 before falling 5-2 in the finale. Cardinals taking two of three from the Reds, 9-4 and 4-3 before dropping a 7-1 decision on Sunday. Uh, Marlins, two of three seems to be the thing. The Reds take two of three from no. Cardinals take two or three from Cincinnati. Sorry. Winning five winning nine four and four three before Cincinnati won seven one. Marlins take two or three from Philadelphia. Everyone took two or three. Yes. All the way through minor leagues. Uh, the Marlins <laughs> won three to two, lost eight four, one five four. Brewers defeat the Yankees eight two and nine two before losing four three. Padres defeat Houston eleven two. Astros bounce back with a 7-5 and a 12-2 victory. And in minor league action, Memphis defeated the Sounds 8-4 before the Sounds came back for an 8-7 and a 10-7 win to close out that series at First Horizon Park. WNBA action, the Connecticut Sun 76-59 winners over Indiana, Atlanta 80, Washington 75, Chicago 92-87 over Minnesota. It was Dallas 106, Seattle 91, Las Vegas Clinches the number one seed with a 94-73 win over Phoenix on Friday. On Sunday, Dallas takes care of the Atlanta Dream, 94-77. Chicago downs Connecticut, 102-91. Indiana, 87. Minnesota, 72. Washington, 90-88 winners over New York, which helped Las Vegas, although uh, no, no change. It's Vegas, 1. New York, 2. Aces, 185 winners over Phoenix. And L.A., 91. Seattle, 89. Today's schedule, volleyball action. Hampshire is at Columbia Central at 4.30 at 5 o'clock. It's Gallatin at Springfield at 5.30. You can catch Battleground Academy hosting Providence Christian. Donaldson Christian's at Ezo Harding. Franklin Road Academy takes on uh, visiting Columbia Academy. And MTCS welcomes Grace Franklin. Um, it's not right. Okay. Um, no, this is Mount Pleasant at Kalioka in volleyball at six o'clock. Thank um, you. Yes. We is it Kalioka at Mount Pleasant or Mount Pleasant at Kalioka? Uh, we've got two here. Uh, and they both may be wrong. I believe it's Mount Pleasant at Kalioka. No, 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 no. It's Kalioka at Mount Pleasant. You are correct. Well, it I'm is not, definitely not more County not more, at Kalioka. Right, correct. I'm going to be at that match. I should have known. That's the plan, <laughs> yes. So it's Kalioka at Mount Pleasant at 6. Um, awesome. Did you just did you delete that? I did. Okay. I right. All right, fine. Santa Fe is at Hickman County at 6. Also at 6, Harper's is at Independence Academy. Lawrence County is at Loretto. As we mentioned, Kalioka is at Mount Pleasant at 6. Spring Hill is at Summertown at 6. White's Creek, no, no, no. White County is hosting Stewart's Creek at oh. 6. <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this is... It, listen, it's the sixth page of this rundown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Laverne is at Wilson Central at 6. And Lebanon is at Smyrna at 6.30. In girls soccer action, 4.30. Hunter's Lane's at Glencliff. 5 o'clock, Clarksville Academy hosting Good Pasture. Also at 5 o'clock, Middle Tennessee Christian hosting Columbia Academy. At 5.30, Giles County goes to Loretto. Watertown is at Cannon County at 6. St. Cecilia is at Franklin Road Academy at 6. McGavick hosting East Robertson at 6. 
Zion Christian travels to Richland at 6 at 6.30. White House is at Clarksville. Lincoln County is at Columbia Central. And Lipscomb Academy is at Mount Juliet. Braves currently taking on – oh, somebody hit a home run. Who was it? Well, I was just a um, – Oh, a replay of earlier? Mm-hmm. We've got a, do we have a score in this current? Is it a final score? I don't believe it's a final score. I think we're in a stretch. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, okay. So the Braves and Phillies are currently playing right now, and they'll play again at 540 in a double header. We'll get you a score in just a moment. Cardinals are at the Orioles at 535 at 640. It's the Marlins at the Brewers. Astros welcome the Athletics at 710, and the Cubs are in Denver at Colorado Rockies at 740 tonight on Monday Night Football. It's the Bills at the Jets, 7-15 on ESPN. Braves at the stretch lead Philadelphia 8-4. And that's your rundown. Before we get to the top story, I just want to mention that you were an anonymous Kraken today. I guess I've been released. You've, you've been released and and apparently headed to Seattle. So congratulations. <laughs> Justin, an anonymous beaver. So clearly a big fan of America's team, Oregon State. Well, yeah, apparently that's a big Pacific Northwest day, huh? It Between must the be. Kraken and, and the, the beavers. And the beavers, yes. yes. Got, you know, America's team, man. America's team one and America's team two with <laughs> – Big wins over the weekend. Uh, top story is brought to you, as is every day, by our friends at Piggly Wiggly Neely's Mills Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go see them for your meat and vegetables. You can get a meat and two, or you can get hand-cut meats fresh on the daily and, of course, fresh produce all the time. It's just cost plus 10% at the register. Make sure to go see Piggly Wiggly in Neely's Mill Shopping Center. Mo, today's top story comes to us from... What what I can only imagine is the biggest in-season bombshell in college football history as Michigan State has suspended its head coach, Mel Tucker, amid an investigation into sexual harassment. And it comes two weeks into the season. I cannot think of a bigger bombshell to to answer your unasked question so i don't i mean as as i'm thinking about it i I mean i remember like antonio langham not being able to play in a bowl game because of you know that but that's i mean that wasn't that it wasn't like it was the national championship that he wasn't going to play in or something like that it it just so I, i mean i can't i can't think of anything that has been this disruptive to a program, yeah, and this in, involving a coach who was in the middle of a ten-year, ninety-five million-dollar contract, right? Who and, stands to lose about eighty million dollars because if this isn't fired for cause, I don't know what is. Well, I guess it just depends on. <laughs> Uh, on whether or not it was consensual. Was it harassment? Because it wasn't like she was a member of the program. She was invited in to speak, but she wasn't like a subordinate. So I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure exactly how, how this is going to play out because there's, there's, well, a I mean, lot, it, there's a lot of evidence out there that says Mel Tucker probably didn't do, didn't do what was said. Now, I don't know if he did anything wrong. What I'm saying is there is some, there is some evidence that would suggest that consensual is a possibility. And to me, it's gonna it's gonna be a long investigation, and it's been going on since December. I understand. So I'm really curious how this plays out. I don't think this is something that you come back from. And I don't think... But I'm not sure cause is there. If... If this was consensual, why would she let it... Why would Brenda Tracy let it get to this point, given her work? It's a great question. I don't know. Uh, but also, why do you have multiple 30-plus-minute phone calls after midnight leading up to the event that she claims happened? That's when both of their schedules allowed it. She thought he was a confidant okay. from the way it's being laid out. I, I understand. But I'm just saying that she they, thought that he was a guy who – Really related to what she was doing, what her what her objective was in terms of, you know, educating college athletes on this very thing. Okay, and, so and that's so so that's when they're the, again. That's the way she's laying it out. He's laying it out as this. It wasn't a one-time thing. And I, I mean, listen, I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Yes, yes, you are. And and I feel, <laughs> because I feel like there's a, I mean, it needs to be. It's a conversation that needs to be had. I, I think that you know, when the investigation's over and we find out the truth, then we can discuss it at that point as fact. But I'm not sure that we can discuss anything as fact right now, which is why I'm saying he says it didn't happen just one time. This is not this was a a normal thing and perhaps he got maybe his moral compass straightened out and he said we got to stop this. And now she's upset and said, "Well, okay, you want to stop it? We'll stop it." And and I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying that that's the way he's saying it happened. And so how you prove one way or the other is almost impossible considering they were phone conversations and not text message conversations. Now, he deleted the text. Makes sense. He's married. She deleted texts in case someone got her phone and said, hey, why are you talking to Mel Tucker like this? I, I don't know. Or why is he talking to you like this? Or whatever. I mean, why delete the text messages if they were non-consensual? 
that <laughs> that's that is a depth of the conversation to which I, or, or of, yeah, ne of the, neither of us have no, have ha, don't have the ability to discuss it. I'm just no. I'm posing questions that I think are probably being asked by investigators. But nonetheless, now you're in a situation where Michigan State has an interim head coach. Mark D'Antonio is back, by the way. <laughs> I mean, this is a wild situation. And Michigan State, in all of the issues that they've had, particularly with this type of incident, mm -hmm. they are in a world of hurt. Is there a conference that's a bigger mess than the Big Ten with, with this going on with Michigan State, with Jim Harbaugh serving the third game of a three-game suspension next weekend, you know, with Iowa in the midst of a gambling investigation, um, and there's somebody else. Who am I missing? Oh, Northwestern. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard. It, it's easy to forget Northwestern. I can understand football. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's a mess. It is an absolute mess. And Maybe the former commissioner left at the right time. It's kind of funny because, you know, this is not this is something you would expect the, the totality of that. You would expect this in the SEC because we're win at all costs, baby. Which, just means you more. know, it just means more type of thing. The Big Ten is trying to catch up, and they are perhaps doing it to their detriment. This is wild. It's, it's, this this is the biggest bombshell I've ever seen in, in college sports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's pretty safe. And and Michigan State, by the way, two and zero is. You know, much needed after right. They after Tucker struggles year. last year, yeah. So I, I mean, Michigan State, and, and you can't Google Michigan State football right now. Now again, they, <laughs> they, beat Michigan, sure. they beat Central Michigan and Richmond. It's not like they were, you know. And this weekend, they've just got top ten Washington coming in. You know. Who needs distractions? It's not a big deal. Distractions, distractions. It's just top 10 Washington and Michael Penix Jr. and Kalen DeBoer coming in. No big deal. Heck of an excuse when you lose, though. There you go. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, what were we going to do? We're dealing with the biggest all this. mess in the history of We're dealing with all football. this, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I just it – is, it is a – as you like to say, a mel of a hiss. A mel of a hiss is what Michigan. A mel. Wow, of a hiss. That's even worse. Yeah, Michigan State dealing with it right now. Uh, <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 pretty interesting and looking. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. Just because if if for nothing else. It really, I felt like Mel Tucker was a, a, a good dude. I mean, I really did. I thought, I thought he was, you know, kind of in, he, he was in an echelon that not a lot of coaches really get to. Of course, some would have said that about Pat Fitzgerald. Well, I, what, what, there's a saying. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, you get a hundred million dollars or whatever. You tend to think you're a little bit bulletproof. I, I mean, Ed Orgeron. There are some coaches that you expect this from. Ed Orgeron <laughs> is one of them. Mel Tucker's not. Mel Tucker is not. Yeah. So it's a very weird mm -hmm. kind of thing. That's but. fair. Anyway, let's take a break. First break of the day. When we come back, we'll get to our Monday Mirror Monstars, stars of the weekend, as well as we'll take a look at the AP poll. So stick around here. Ben Arthur, as you see him on the screen, coming up later in the show, right here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton on this Monday Mirror as we... Look back at the weekend in sports, and today 
we have the Mirror Monday Monstars. No, I, I, I personally have five. I know you've got three, so we're going to stick with three, but we may have to give some honorable mentions out well, since Justin uh, neglected to, 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 to be involved today well, because he's been a little busy. Justin, I'm giving him credit. Justin's got stuff yeah, he, he, he's, going he, on. So. He could probably tell us uh, from Robertson and Montgomery County since he just got off the – Who the Monstars are. The, the podcast. <laughs> But, but yeah, he, he's he's awful busy on Mondays, so we'll give him a break today. Yeah, but we're gonna cut we're gonna cut J.K. a little slack. But um, yeah, and your five may be good. I've only got three, but hopefully my three aren't on your list. So well, I'm gonna go first. Let's let, yeah, <laughs> you go right ahead. Um, my first monster goes to. Mount Pleasant linebacker, I think, Caden Davis. I'm not sure what position he plays exactly on defense, but he had seven tackles, two pass breakups, and, and a 98-yard scoop and score in the fourth quarter that was the difference in a 14-10 Mount Pleasant Region 5-2A win at Harpeth that people in Kingston Springs are not happy with. <laughs> because they are convinced and they feel like they have video evidence that backs them up that the ball carrier was down when this fumble took place. Now, I'm also told that they also threw two interceptions inside their five-yard line, so whatever that's worth. So don't throw two interceptions inside the five. And, and maybe it doesn't come down to a bad fumble. Call. You can take a knee yeah. <laughs> or something. But, but I mean sure. – um, yeah, this was it's a big win for Mount Pleasant. You called it the miracle at what miracle at Harpeth? Is that what you called it? Yeah. But um, and they were down ten eight at the time, and looking looking a little dead in the water. And the numbers offensively kind of backed that up. So maybe not sure what Mount Pleasant was doing, but I don't know who they've got next week off the top of my head, but. You know, Summertown. Probably, probably maybe looking ahead to a big rivalry because they, you know, do share the same Sonic, as we like to say. There you go. But that's, I, I mean. I don't know. You, you got to go up there and win that game. But Yeah, especially after, but, you know, Loretto has just beaten those guys 47-13 the week before. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, I don't know. and, and of course, you know, Mount Pleasant coming off a tough you know, a tough game the week before. Perhaps mm -hmm. that had a bit to do with it as well. All right. My first Monstar will stay in high school. Dante Parker, Friendship Christian. Two interceptions, including a 60-yard pick six for the Commanders. Going to give him a little sticker there. Big win over Providence Christian, all right? So who they beat? Not entirely sure, but I believe that's very who possible. I believe that's who they beat. So, now Grace Franklin, 42 oh. 27. Okay, my fault. My fault. All right. Um, my second Monstar, in a losing effort, but a tip of the hat to Austin P. quarterback Mike DeLello. Former MTSU quarterback. Former. Mike DeLello. Yeah. 
29 of 39 for 260 yards and a touchdown, also rushed for 36 yards as the governors went up to Neyland Stadium. And regardless of what Tennessee did or did not do, acquitted themselves quite well in a 30 to 13 loss. Can we just talk about how great Austin Peace helmets were? The 931 on the one side and the TriStar on the other, that is, a, that is an elite helmet. <laughs> Niche, maybe, but elite, but elite if you're playing the University of Tennessee. I mean, that's freaking like, cool. Hey, we're from Tennessee too, baby. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, putting the TriStar on there. And I told Brady McAtamney not too long ago, I, I said, my favorite for a helmet for Austin P would be a top hat. Like just a top hat on the side of the helmet. That would be cool. The gups. So anyway. get it across. You could do a top hat with the nine three one in it. Oh, it, it, dude, the nine three one was cool. Mm-hmm. And, and and you can never go wrong with the TriStar. No, no, the, the TriStar is always good. <laughs> so yeah. big fan there. All right, um, I'm gonna go with North Carolina's Omarion Hampton, twenty six rushes, two hundred thirty four yards, and three touchdowns against Appalachian State, and it was needed every single yard. Did you see what Mac Brown said about the series after, no. after the game? Somebody asked him if if it wasn't great, you know, the, the atmosphere and the excitement that UNC and Appy State plays. And he says, you know, it, it's great for the fans to get these type ball games. And I am all for NC State and East Carolina to continue playing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I don't want any more of these guys. I'm done. I don't, I don't want any more of these guys. These guys can, can, can what was that? Forty to thirty-four. Yeah, and overtime again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and and I mean, you got to understand, Max an old man. Yeah, he can't take he can't a whole take lot of too those. many of those. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shoot. Um, my third monster. Speaking of losing efforts. Field goals of 50, 27, 31, 45, and 29 yards. Good thing the Tennessee Titans traded for Nick Folk. Yeah, they almost needed him. Turns out, didn't necessarily matter if they had him or not. Well, you know, he, he kept them in position to win the ball game. He did. Uh, the fact that they didn't, <laughs> that was one of those, I didn't lose. Y'all lost. Y'all lost. <laughs> yeah, he walked, he walked in and said, I did everything I was supposed to I do. I kicked five field goals. Oh, and by the way, didn't have a lot of, didn't have a, a lot of success for touchbacks, but starting field position for Saint, for, for the Saints was deep, deep. I mean, one of them was well, like the 12 I mean, yard I, line. I, I thought about what you said at the time. Because he doesn't kick the ball to the end zone, they've got to get down and cover him. For the most part, they did that. They created a turnover right off the opening kickoff. I, I mean, it was it, it was like – And settle for a field goal. This guy's great. Let, let's keep him around. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. All right, I'm going to stay in the college game. I did it last week with a weird quarterback. We're doing it again with another weird quarterback. Mr. Transfer Portal himself. J.T. Daniels in a win for Rice over Houston. What a big win for Rice over Houston. 28 of 42, 401 yards, one of only two quarterbacks in college football to throw for 400 yards this past week. Three touchdowns and a pick. 
in that win over Houston, huge win for Rice. That's a huge win for Rice. Um, I just wondered, do do JT Daniels' teammates have to wear name tags so he knows who they are, who or or where he is, or what's Rice, West Virginia, Georgia, USC, right? Rice, West Virginia, Georgia, USC. Yeah, he Is started at USC. Yeah. Then he went to Georgia. He's been he, – he, he was somewhere else because this is his fifth school. This I'm is his fifth? Sure. I'm pretty sure this is his fifth school. Was he somewhere where he didn't play? Yeah, I think he sat out of here somewhere. Um, let me look at his Wikipedia. No, it's just four. Okay. Let's not make it any worse than it is. Listen, I, I could have sworn they were – there was somewhere, but well, yeah. I mean, it's he didn't play at Georgia. <laughs> I know that because Stetson Bennett did, right? Right. But hmm. uh, but yeah, Rice forty three forty one in double OT. Man, what a win for them! Thank God they're not in Conference USA this year. Right. Um, a couple others just to mention: mm-hmm. Kamari Turner, Giles County, two hundred rushing yards, three touchdowns, two passing. Or, sorry, two rushing and one passing. And then Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 215 yards in the National Football League. That's insanity. Yeah, I mean, those are, as we like to say, those are high school numbers. Yeah, that, that, those are, I mean, if somebody did that in high school, I'd be surprised, much less against At, professional athletes. In the league, so, as we like to say. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was impressive. So there you go. Those are our Monstars. Of the weekend. And if you'd like to sponsor them, yeah. get at us. If you want to sponsor the Monstars, let us know. All right. Let's take a look at the AP poll. Because Alabama dropped. Um, you say that like you're surprised or something. Dropped like a lead oh, really? balloon. To number 10. Tennessee, however, dropped two from nine to 11. So, dude, sports writers hate Tennessee. And I don't know what. And they will give, well, very simple, because Tennessee fans will engage with them on social media when they see their ballots. And it's genius. I don't blame them. I should do it too. I should be a Tennessee fan hater, but I'm not because I'm a Tennessee fan. <laughs> Coaches, however, have Tennessee at nine, Alabama at ten. Well, Alabama has one and one with a win over MTSU and a loss to Texas. Tennessee is two and zero oh with a win over Virginia and a win over Austin. Virginia, who by the way lost to James Madison this weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, I would dare say that Alabama's 1-1 one one record is more impressive than Tennessee's 2-0 record at this moment. Yeah. That one still a problem for me. I, look, I, you got to handle your business. And, and look, when we talked about – when we did our season predictions, I said Alabama would lose this game. On Friday, I said Alabama was going to lose this game. I never expected Alabama to win this game. That's why, I, that's why I thought number three in the country was a little too high for them anyway. I thought they're probably about right at 10. Because they're going to they're gonna have a good year. They're going to go 9-3 and three if Jalen Milrow stays their quarterback. Now, if they go to a new quarterback, 
all bets are off. They might win 10 games. I don't know. But if Jalen Milrow is their quarterback, they're not, they, they will not win double digits. Will not. So um, I could not bring myself to pick Texas for, for a number of reasons. You, you said it. You, you, one, you, said, I mean, I, you I, can't I just, trust them until, you, until they tr- prove that you can trust them. Te- Texas has been back for 15 years. Texas would have beaten Alabama last year if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, though. I, that's another issue for me, though. I mean, I maybe I've just not watched enough of Texas to really get a feel for that guy, but I'm, I've not been impressed by him. I didn't get to see – or I didn't watch Saturday night's game because I was watching the Braves get beat. But because um, it is still baseball, that's season. brutal. Yeah, golly, you missed that game to watch the Braves lose. To watch the Braves get beat. Yes. <laughs> to, to Pittsburgh. That's unfortunate, right there. Yeah. That's a yeah. double whammy. Bad, bad. Yeah. Every now and then you make bad decisions. That's a, it's a double whammy. That's all right. That's why I've got like seven TVs. But, but um, <laughs> you know, I just didn't want to buy into the hype of Texas, and. I feel like Alabama is a good enough team that if you go into Tuscaloosa and beat them, you've done something. So, I mean, I, I, I just got to take a step back and, and, again, tip my cap to Sarkeesian and, and that bunch. Um, well, Texas moves up six to number four. They're still behind Florida State, Michigan, and Georgia. Feel like that's about right. I mean, Florida State did get a, a top ten win over LSU, which, by the way, LSU dropping to fourteen after that was a little silly. But they at least they didn't move. You know, they didn't move up after was beating Grambling. Well, I mean, look, if if they're again, how many times have we talked about it? if they're a top ten team and you lose to them? Okay, like we need to. I don't think it was the fact team. that you lost to them. I think it was the fact that you lost to them and you were down four touchdowns. Before scoring late, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think sometimes I think sometimes we get a little caught up in margin of victory because you know you never know what can lead to it. Teams have to change the way that they play. I, I mean, a loss is a loss and a win is a win for me. That's that's where I'm at. Whether it's a field goal loss or a 28-point loss? To, to me, I mean, when you're talking about teams at the top level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, there's that. I mean, obviously Tennessee you know, winning 30-13 to 13 over Austin Peay, not very impressive. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about teams like that, I don't know. I, 11 or 12 probably would have been fine. Getting them out of the top 10 is good. But anyway, mm-hmm. Oregon State moves up to – Ole Miss moves up three after really, and, and again, I'm, I'm about to. Did Oregon State move up or did they stay the same? Oregon State moved up two in the AP poll. Okay. Well, I'm. From 18 to 16. Okay. But Ole Miss beats Tulane. All right. Tulane, by the way, falls out of the rankings. Well, and I think folks were probably looking for an excuse for Tulane to, to drop Tulane and out I'm, of the rankings. And listen, I'm I'm not making excuses for Tulane, but they didn't have their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Ole Miss, it wasn't like Ole Miss went down there and just you know whipped them defensively. All right. So uh, moving them up three is a little iffy to me, especially to keep them behind Colorado, who was 
probably as impressive as anybody over the weekend. First half, thought Nebraska should have been up, probably 21-10 at halftime. But Colorado did what they had to do. This, again, they've not beaten a good team, but both teams that they've beaten. But they've beaten the teams that they've played. And they've (laughs) beaten them handily. They've not, they didn't go out there and, and get a late touchdown to beat Nebraska like Minnesota did. No. They won the game. They took the game. Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, it, this is the top 25 team right now. And I don't know that that changes. So, four teams that were unranked move into the poll. Duke up three to 21. Makes way for Miami, Washington State, America's team, UCLA, and Iowa. Iowa comes in over Clemson and Arkansas. Clemson, the next closest team at 86 points. Should Iowa be in the top 25? Well, if not Iowa, who? Kansas who absolutely dominated Illinois. Now, it's Illinois. I get that. But they dominated. They didn't barely beat Iowa State. No, they dominated Illinois. On Friday night, with black uniforms, looking fly, and they only get 19 points in the poll. And and you're telling me that this Iowa team is the 25th best team in the country? (laughs) I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> 24 to 14 winners over Utah State and 20 to 13 over Iowa State. That's number at, 25. At Iowa State. Whoopee. Well, uh, you're not going to convince me. <laughs> so here's my question. And, and I kind of posed it to you over the weekend. All week last week, we talked about well, not all week, because we weren't on Monday, and the game wasn't played until Monday night. But um, a point of discussion for us last week was, is Clemson done after losing at Duke 28-7? So if we're going to ask that question about Clemson after losing on the road, do we need to ask that question about Alabama? Well, I think there's a bit there, there's a pretty big difference. One, it's Duke. Two, it's Texas. I think that's that's a major difference. Um, but and I don't think there's any question that Alabama is going to win more than six games now, and they're going to do it against a tougher schedule. They are. The thing is. Is but, Alabama's run as a perennial college football playoff team done? Yes. And here's the, here's the question I'm going to pose to you. Why? Why is, it, is their run as a perennial college football playoff team done? Is it curious to you the timing of NIL and players getting money in other places and the fall of Alabama sinking up 
<laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> it's curious to a conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorist mm -hmm. so it's such as myself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Mo, we need to take a break, and we don't have much time to talk about the Braves. So okay, we don't need much time again, to talk about the Braves. Th three hours worth of stuff. We're not talking fast mm -hmm. enough. we got to get yeah, to Yeah, we get faster. We'll be right back. Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint, after this. Justin fell asleep. Curious if his Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. At the Dr. Gill's Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. 10 years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back Neck Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation, report of finding, for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. 
September 11, 1991, Kent Merker, Mark Wollers, and Alejandro Pena teamed for the first combined no-hitter in National League history as the Braves defeated host San Diego 1-0. Merker started and struck out six over six innings with Wollers sitting down all six hitters he faced and Pena working around a two-out Terry Pendleton error for the save. Pendleton accounted for the game's only run with his fifth-inning solo shot off of Padre starter Greg Harris. That was this day in Braves history. This day in Braves history, well, went better than this day in Braves current as of right now because Bryce Harper just hit a two-run ninth-inning homer to send us to extra innings tied at eight in the opener of a day-night doubleheader. Braves were up 8-4 at the stretch. Gave up a two-run homer in the bottom of the seventh and two-run homer right here. So That's tough. It is. Well, it's tough because, it's a, again, it's a doubleheader, and all of a sudden you, you may have to go to some arms that you weren't necessarily expecting to go to when it was 8-4. Yeah, and you've burned your best – Relievers, Jimenez, Mentor, Iglesias. Trying to win the first one. All gone. Yeah, and you can't think that you can can't throw them go again. to them in game two. So you need to win this one now. Yeah, and yeah, just, since you've burned them. Since you've you, you got to you, win this You've got to go in on this one, I guess. Yeah. Um, that is tough. Braves magic number is six. They can clinch in Philly by taking three or four. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, they're going to clinch at some point on this road trip. Might as well do it in Philadelphia. Especially when they're the number two team. Because they go to Miami from here, right? Pretty sure. Charlie Culberson got Nick Castellanos to go 0 for 3 on 9-11, which is one of the most impressive efforts of our time. Because Castellanos, you know, has a flair for the – for for doing well in bad situations. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> man, tough. That, that's tough right there. And, and now Rosario has struck out three times and fouled out to third base today. So instead, Kevin Pillar goes to the plate. With Forrest Wall running. That's a, I'll take that. Over Ozuna, yes, please. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, that, that's a good that's a good call there. Snit. Anyway, Brave struggling uh, and, until right now. until Ozuna's spot comes up in the order again. Well, you, you still got some some folks in the on the rooster somewhere. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, in extra innings, we can we we can get we may just have to come back to Braves chatter because one. They're they're uh, still playing. No, I'm sure we'll talk more about it, whether it's on or off the yeah. Of show. So let's yeah. uh let, let's just let, let's go straight into uh, let's go straight into our top of the hour Titans report from Terry McCormick and find out what he's got to say about Zen Sports and the Titans. Terry, welcome in. Can't hear you, we Terry. Hear You're you. muted again. Oh, 
Can you hear me now? You can hear you now. Oh, okay. Good deal. Uh, this is your Zen Sports Titans, Daily Titans Insider Report. And so I guess everybody's been talking about what happened yesterday down in New Orleans with the 16-15 loss of the Saints and the struggles that Ryan Tannehill had. And a new offense, new offensive coordinator, a uh, new weapon in DeAndre Hopkins, a new offensive line, but uh, a lot of the same old mess yesterday, guys. <laughs> nowhere around wrong. it. I mean, nowhere around it. And Terry, with all of that newness, and, and we're going to speak at the bottom of the hour with um, Ben Arthur of Fox Sports as well, but just your take, Terry, with all of that newness that you just mentioned, might it have behooved the Titans to have played Ryan Tannehill a little bit more in the preseason? I know he says that that wasn't an issue, but if that wasn't an issue, then what was? Well, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I think he probably could have benefited uh, given that uh, it's a new system with a new offensive line and, and all that that we talked about with DeAndre Hopkins coming on board as well. Uh, but Mike Brable was asked why Ryan Tannehill was off today. He said he didn't really know. So that's certainly not comforting right there. <laughs> if the head coach is still scratching his head over it. Well, you know, here's, here's the thing, guys. And we can debate this for a little bit if you want. But, you know, you hope if you're a Titans fan that it's a one-game aberration, that things were just out of sync and off and just discombobulated. But there comes a point, too, in a lot of quarterbacks' careers where they start to head downhill and there's no stopping it. You know, we saw it with Matt Ryan uh, last year. We saw it a couple of years ago with Cam Newton. We saw it going back a few years with even Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, two of the all-time greats. You hope that all the hits that Tannehill's taken over the last couple of years haven't taken their toll on him, and this is just something that needs to be ironed out. But if it is more than that, this team is in a world of hurt in terms of what they would do without Brian Tannehill because it doesn't look like either guy that they have behind him is ready, and you, you're – confronting a full-on rebuild, asking either of the guys to lead your team for the rest of the year just to see what you have. Terry, I made the comment on Twitter this, last night, yesterday, that with decent play at quarterback, this team can compete as a, at a high level because of what they've got everywhere else. I mean, am I – Am I off-key? Am, am I out of left field in feeling that way? No, I don't think you are. I mean, I think, you know, as they say, defense travels. And this defense played really well until they kind of broke at the end of the game with that 41-yard completion that allowed the Saints to seal it. But uh, I think, you know, this defense, is, most weeks, is going to give you the type of effort that's going to keep you in a ball game. Uh you know, honestly, there's been a lot of debate about whether they used Derrick Henry enough yesterday. I don't believe they did because he only had 15 carries. And it wasn't like they were down 21 to 3. It had to go uh, exclusively to the pass. But they only ran the ball 19 times out of design runs. And they threw the ball 40 times out of design passes. That's 34 passes. Yes. Well, Three Terry. Sacks. 
the three scrambles. Terry, I, I, I tweeted this to you. What do you expect when you hire the passing game coordinator as your new offensive coordinator? <laughs> you have a good point there, but I still think, you know, you got to know where your bread's buttered, and this team's bread is buttered. Well, he doesn't know, here. clearly. He, he doesn't know. He, he's, been, he's been here for three years and does not realize that Derek freaking Henry is in your backfield and you have to use him. What is – Okay, so, so you better know. You, you, you yes, okay. I think so. All right. So how much of this is it's just one game? And how much of this is an indication of something deeper? I think we'll know Sunday when they face the Chargers. If they bounce back and they play okay, then you write it off as a one-game aberration, sort of like the Arizona game two years ago when Kyler Murray shredded them and Chris Jones wreaked havoc in the backfield, uh, sacking uh, Chandler Jones. Hill. Chandler Jones, yes. Yeah. You know, when that sort of thing happened. Uh, if they come out and play poorly again in the home opener against the Chargers, and don't get me wrong, this Chargers team is not a pushover. They can put up points, as they showed yesterday. But uh, if if they get pushed around again, if they're not in sync on offense, then uh, it could be something symptomatic of, of much, something much deeper. But uh, I think we'll know more this week, if, whether it's a, a one-week uh, aberration or whether this is something to be really concerned about. Well, and and over time we've seen, you know, Ryan Tannehill as a Titan doesn't play poorly consistently. He has some one-offs. Thank goodness. He has some bad games. <laughs> but overall, we've we've been on the Ryan Tannehill, you know, bandwagon mm-hmm. for a long time. And typically, again, overall, he does not play like this consistently. So you have to expect that one. Tim Kelly's going to learn some things and understand that 22's got to get the football more. And two, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill's not going to play as poorly. Again, very good defense that they faced on Sunday. Very good defense. It just never looked like anybody. <laughs> it, it never looked like Tannehill was in sync, never looked like he was comfortable, did not look like he trusted his offensive well, line. And I feel like anyway. all of those are th- – well, <laughs> Okay, understandably so, maybe. Okay, I get that. But, I mean, are those things that, again, could not have been addressed by playing more in the preseason? Absolutely. A hundred percent. So, yeah. I think what you wind up with is this. You wind up with too many moving parts, too many new parts, and I agree with you, Mo. I think there should have been at least uh, a half of a preseason game to to say, you know, let's see what we have. Let's see if this if these offensive tackles can hold up. Let's see what it looks like throwing the football to DeAndre Hopkins. You know, that's the other thing too. I felt like they force fed the ball to Hopkins too much at the expense of Burks and a conflict. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Traylon Burks getting three targets was not ideal for the Titans nor uh, over the Tannehill fantasy football team led by yours truly. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was really, I was really, 
Now you know. I, I was I, okay. I'm, so that's feed where, sixteen. That's where this is all coming. Feed from, six. Then. Well, no, I won. I, I won by a lot. Let's oh. just say. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, this week is going to be a, a lot different. And I wonder, Terry, and you may have it. You may have a thought on this. How much of an impact did not getting those practices with New England? make because they didn't change their mindset on playing preseason games, but had they gotten those practices, they would have had joint practices against another team with the first teamers. Instead, they didn't get that chance. That's a good point. That's something that really no one has brought up, but uh, that is a valid point there, Chris. I think hey, sometimes I have those, Terry. It's rare, but it does happen. <laughs> but Blind squirrels I mean, and nuts and whatnot. Yeah, I think it's something that uh, maybe was a little bit overlooked uh, going into this. All the more reason, as Mo said, to uh, put them out there for you know a few series in the in the game against the Patriots just to see what you have. Yep. Well, as always, we got Monday Night Football tonight, so tell us a little bit about Zen Sports and how we can utilize their services. All right, go to Zen Sports. If you want some action on the Jets and the Bills tonight, Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. Earn cash commission on your referral bets with Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. There is nothing better than drinking an ice-cold beverage while taking in a Nashville Sounds baseball game. Hi, I'm Stephanie Miller with Mornings on Main Street. The Nashville Sounds and Main Street Media Television have teamed up to promote Sunday Family Fun Day here at First Horizon Park each Sunday home game. Just go to your favorite Main Street Media website and click on Sounds Main Street Media Day banner to register to win free tickets. And then we'll see you here at the ballpark. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work. You do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here with you on this Monday Mirror look back at the weekend of sports. And before we look back any further, the Braves are up 10-8 after scoring two in the top. Um, Thank you, Kevin Pillar and who? And um, Arcia? Orlando Arcia. Doubled. Yes. yes. Dang. So and then couldn't couldn't get anybody else in. Yeah, Bohm is on second with one out, and Pache is up. Christian Pache getting ready to do us a favor. Oof. Yeah. How about a line drive right to somebody and just shortstop and, and double maybe, up Bohm to get out of here? <laughs> that would be fantastic. And get onto this break before the second half of this day night double header. Yeah, because now the, that that five forty starts creeping up. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, you might have to, it might be six forty. I bet they could change it though. They needed to just push it back a little while. Uh, he it's, did not give us a double play, but he did give us a strikeout. Well, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. So two outs. College football. Tennessee did defeat Austin P. Though Govs fans. Got to feel pretty good about their team's two losses, not only to the number now 11 team in the AP Top 25 in FBS, but number 18 in the FCS poll, Southern Illinois, after upsetting Northern Illinois over the weekend. Those two losses now not, not looking so bad for the Govs. Yeah. Um, also, like they got to feel pretty good about themselves and where they're sitting right now, even at 0-2. I mean, yeah, as far as 0-2 goes, they ain't bad. Yeah, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh man, yeah. You know, I, I thought you were right. Mike Delillo played a heck of a football game, and, and Austin P was certainly uh, up for this one. Well, absolutely. As you expect. I mean, you know, when I don't know how many of their kids are from Tennessee, but the opportunity to play at Neyland. I mean, we've seen that with Tennessee Martin, and um. You know, you're representing an in-state school. You may be from here. Um, playing a southeastern conference school, regardless. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna be pretty juiced up to go up there. So went up there and you know hung in. It was six six at one time, right? Mm hmm. So then it was thirteen six, and then twenty six, and finally Tennessee pulled away a little bit. Yeah, but, but it took a while. Mm hmm. And, and, and look. Tennessee's not the only team that has struggled with some FCS opponents in the first half, you know. And on top of that, you have to deal with the delay. So you've you've done all your warm-ups, you've done all the things, and then oh by the way, we got to sit in the locker room for another twenty extra minutes, and that's not ideal. Well, and and here's the thing: whether you, I don't know how much you want to put into it, if anything, but Tennessee has a fairly significant matchup next week. Right, you're looking. You're looking ahead potentially to, and 
here's the thing. If, if you don't understand, and, and I'm sure most people who watch this show are, are pretty intelligent as far as sports go, you probably know that half the week was spent preparing for Florida. It was. I mean, that's just the simple facts. They're not game planning on what Mike DeLello is going to do. Now, part of it, sure, is let's go out there, let's do our thing, and that's the bottom line. But a lot of last week's practices were were certainly, if not focused on, had some Florida undertones. Mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of how, how it works. That, that's one of the reasons you see teams like this struggle in the first half because you know, you're try, what you're trying to do is play base defense and win. And you're trying to be vanilla on offense and win. And, win. and, now, and Tennessee struggled to do that you know, in the first quarter, first half. They had, to, they had to go into their bag just a little bit to, you know, to be productive. And, you know, something that's going to continue to be a topic until it's not, Joe Milton's got to be a little bit more accurate. Well, he's, he's got to harness that arm. Yes and no. I mean, his receivers did not do a help lot him. of favors. I mean, if Joe Milton hits your hands, you've got to catch it. I don't care how hard it's thrown. I don't care <laughs> if it's in your hands. You've got to catch it. You've got to know what's coming. You, and these are receivers that have worked with him for two years, Squirrel White and, and uh, Ramel Keaton. Keaton. These are guys that know what it's like to catch footballs from, from Joe Milton. Somebody tweeted something Saturday after the game. UT receivers going to be on the jugs gun from 6 a.m. till dark tomorrow. And they they should be. I mean, there's no reason for you not to be putting, you know, turning that machine up. All, all the way up. It, it all should, the way turned up, right? It, exactly. It should never be a normal – you should never catch a normal pass. Because you're not going to catch a normal pass. Not from seven. You're just not. And one of the things that I wish – and and perhaps we'll see more of it this week. I don't know. I really hope we can see Seven use his legs a little more. His physicality is just so dominant. Dominant. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason that if Hendon Hooker can run for 50, 60 yards in this offense, that Joe Milton is not running for 50, 60 yards in this. I know well, he's man, not a dual threat him, guy. We saw him do it against Virginia on a couple of occasions. He did it. He, he scored a touchdown, you know, on the read option. But it feels like. It feels like to me that keeping it is a rarity. He's going to hand that ball off nine times out of ten, if not more. And so I really feel like he's got he's got to start pulling it, if for nothing else, just to keep the defense honest, mm-hmm. just to make them to hold to remind them that he will do it for one thing to hold the linebacker so that Small can get to the edge. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't know. Do you read Cole? Kublik's weekly, he, he, you know, he does a weekly recap of each of the, uh, of the, the schools and t- his Tennessee recap this week actually was pretty positive uh, considering handled their business. Joe won't need to be a superhero if Jalen Wright is going to, is going like this. Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, those guys, this is as good of a running run attack as I've seen in a long time. And it, and it you know, apparently Mays is going to be out for an extended period of time. So I thought I'm hoping to I, see. I thought Heifel said today that Mays was progressing, and they expected to see him. 
Well, I, I, I haven't Maybe seen Heupel's mm-hmm. comments from today. I'm just basing this on what I saw before the Austin P game. He was mm-hmm. going to be out longer than we expected because I expected him back against Austin P. Then again, you don't have to have him. You don't need to play it kind of thing. You know what I mean? So hopefully he'll be back this week. But at, otherwise, at Ben McKee 14, Hypel on Cooper Mays anticipate him having a good week of practice here and being ready. Well, if so. that's if that's what we see, you know, the offensive line will be dramatically improved, and I, I feel like this is a team that that is ready to go into Florida and and win a game. So. They're going to have to do a lot more than they did this week, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanderbilt goes to Wake, and, you know, we talked in the offseason about how this wasn't an automatic win for Wake Forest. I, I don't think it ever really was an automatic win. But, you know, Vanderbilt's not played particularly well at all this season. No, I mean, they did not play consistently well in the win over Hawaii. They didn't play consistently well in the win over Alabama A&M. And there were a lot of reasons, you know, again, the delay and other things that kind of interrupted them over at Wake Saturday. But uh, my thing is this. I just don't think that every every time Vanderbilt loses that the answer is to fire the coach. (laughs) And... I don't know a lot of folks calling. I, I don't know what, if anything, gets that across to their fan base. They got a couple problems. Number one, they can't run the football. And that's not all on Clark Lee because they're running back left of his own volition. Speaking of. Had a great did game. You, did you see that clip? Oh yeah. That was that was brutal. <sighs> but I mean A.J. Swan can't throw two interceptions, but when you've got to throw the ball because you and they don't know have you've got to throw the because ball because you don't have a running attack, mm-hmm. it makes a difference. Yeah. Got to give props to London Humphreys though. Big game, 109 yards touchdown. Will Shepard 87 yards on on eight catches. Humphreys was four for 109, 27 yards a catch. Got to give him props on that. Yeah. He probably should have been one of our monsters. But I mean, you know, when when we had Clark Lee on the show, he mentioned. When you had Clark Lee on the show. Okay. When I had Clark Lee on the show. Because I was not here for that. You were not. Um, He mentioned London Humphreys and um, Cheryl, Junior Cheryl from Lipscomb as well as incoming freshman receivers. Can can we eliminate true freshmen from the vernacular, by the way? But let's do our part on that. But he mentioned those guys as incoming freshmen who he expected to impact the passing game, and London Humphreys has certainly lived up to that here at the early going. I think Vanderbilt's going to be just fine throughout the season. I don't think they're going to go over in conference play, one, because they get to play Missouri. Uh, but Missouri was just beat middle by four, four points and probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff takes it on the chin from our friends over at Tennessee State, 24 to 14. Big, big win. Uh, Davion Bryant, 174 yards passing. Jalen Rouse 
with uh, just under 100 yards rushing. So I want to give them them props and, and well done to uh, to Tennessee State. Yeah, bouncing that. back from that trip to Notre Dame in a big way. Yep, Need, needed to, needed to see it. So, um. Got to give it up to Brent Rowe, by the way, for blocking a game-tying field goal. Returned 92 yards by James Green to ice it. So, well done, Brent Rowe and James Green That's for, pretty huge. for giving Tennessee State the, the win in the Southern Heritage Classic. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more on the AFC South from Ben Arthur at Fox Sports here on Main Street Sports State, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here with you on this Monday Mirror edition. A look back at the weekend and plenty to look back at in regards to the National Football League and the AFC South in particular. And to do that, we have with us the one and only Ben Arthur. Ben, what's up, man? How you doing, guys? Doing well, man. Did you go anywhere this weekend, or did you just kind of camp out at the house? Uh, I was in Indianapolis uh, for Jags Colts, so I actually just got back to Nashville a couple hours ago. Okay. Is is did you drive up? Is there still construction on the south side of Indy? Is it still a pain? Uh, no, it actually wasn't that bad. I mean, that there there were that there was some construction, but it, it wasn't. Um, th th there were no delays or, or traffic. It was just um, kind of a lot of rerouting and, and whatnot um, as you kind of get into Indiana and whatnot, but it wasn't too bad. Good, good. Um, so you saw the only AFC South team that won this weekend. <laughs> I did. Yeah, and, and, and I guess... That's because they beat... Because they beat an AFC South team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say the other AFC South team lost. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Jags, I mean, they, they're they the real deal. Um, you know, they're, they're, it wasn't perfect by, by any means from, from their vantage point. What, what Doug Peterson said post game was they're not like a, quote, well-oiled machine. And, and they, they struggled in kind of short yardage situations and there may have been some questionable play calls here and there but when you talk about how dynamic this offense could be that was on full display Calvin Ridley it was his first game in basically two years and he didn't miss a beat you know over 100 yards receiving Trevor Lawrence was surgical most of the game um and then and then I think defensively for, for the Jags something that people have talked a lot about in terms of being a question mark is that pass rush. Um, and, and they stepped, they stepped up. I mean, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, um, two former high, high draft picks. They're the guys who are, who need to lead uh, for, for, for Jacksonville's defense. And they combined for four sacks and nine pressures. I mean, they, they played well and, you know, scored 31 points for, for the game. And so the Jags, um, yeah, they, they, they look good and, and they'll, they'll have a, a, you know, a huge test against the chiefs. Uh, this coming week. That being said, it wasn't exactly easy for Jacksonville. Colts, surprisingly to most folks, were right there in this ball game, and thanks in large part to Anthony Richardson. Yeah, it was Anthony Richardson in parts. Although I would say it was more so early in the game. It was really the defense, their defensive front. Um, that that really kept them in this game. Um, the, their interior defensive line and their linebackers in particular really made a lot of plays. I'm sure you guys have maybe seen the the play that DeForest uh, Buckner and Zaire uh, Franklin combined to to you know for a defensive touchdown. It was a sack fumble basically. Uh, you know, Jags rookie running back Tank Bigsby had you know recovered the ball and. And the 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 rest never blowed the uh, they never um, called the play dead, but all the Jags had like stopped moving, and then Franklin comes up from behind and punches the ball out. 
DeForest Buckner gets the ball and, and runs in for a 26-yard touchdown, and that gave them a lead in, in the third quarter. Um, and, and again, kind of as I was saying, with the Jags not looking great, you know, really struggling in short yardage, and that was in large part because of the Colts' D-line. I mean, they, they, they seem to be kind of afraid to run it up the middle. They, they had, like, a lot of pitch and toss plays to, to kind of stretch – the, the Colts um, horizontally and, and that didn't work out for them. So, so yeah, Anthony Richardson certainly had his moments um, and, and definitely looked better in his debut than I, I thought he would look quite honestly, but, but it was really their defense that gave them a lot of chances down the stretch against a Jags team that, that looks to be pretty good. In the other AFC South game, um, Houston Falls 25-9 at Baltimore, not a great shock there, I don't guess. Yeah, it, it was a, you know, a tough game uh, f- for Houston. I, I mean, I, I don't think many people would have anticipated them even coming out of Baltimore uh, with a win. I mean, that, that's a contending team right there and playing at Baltimore, a really tough place to play. And, and uh, the, the Texans have actually been like decimated by injuries, uh, particularly on the offensive line. And, and their offensive line is like supposed to be the strength of this team. They've spent they're, they're one of the highest spending teams on the O-line, but their right tackle is on IR. Their center is on IR. Their left guard is on IR. Uh, Jack Mason te- is not, however. Yeah, we should just point. Shaq is from here, so we have to make yeah, sure that's that right. we, we, we're big Shaq Mason fans. Good for him. Glad yeah, he's yeah, glad he's healthy. <laughs> he's one of the few guys on that O line that that's actually healthy for them, and and you, it was kind of clear in the product. I mean, that they, they couldn't get the run game going with Damian Pierce, and that's he's going to be like the engine for them, taking pressure off C.J. Stroud. They couldn't get him going. Um, but but I, I did like defensively some of the stuff that that the Texans you know showed on, on that front. I think we saw D'Amico Ryan's influence, uh, and then Will Anderson looks. I mean, it was just one game, but he could really be one of the elite pass rushers um, in, in the NFL. He had six pressures, sacked Lamar Jackson, who's as we all know is one of the toughest guys to bring down in the league, and it's so a lot of stuff to you know be happy about, I think, if you're a Texans fan. It's amazing what Will Anderson can do when he's allowed to rush the passer instead of dropping back in coverage like some defensive coordinator did last year and ended up, you know, getting a new job. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. (laughs) All I'm saying is that maybe Will Anderson should just be rushing the passer, and clearly – he showed he, it on Sunday. He does Sunday. that well. Huh? He does it well on Sundays. So, uh, you know, it, it, nobody that watched Will Anderson two years ago is surprised by what he did on Sunday. Nobody. Yeah, he's – He's going to be a problem. Yeah, no, he, he, he is. I mean, he's as NFL-ready as, you know, you, you, you can, can ask for. Or, I, mean, he, I mean, everyone knew coming in that, that he'd probably be the Texans' best D lineman right off the bat. He's probably – you know, 10 sack a year guy off the bat. Um, and, and he's good against the run too. And I think that's really important for the Texans because they, they had the worst run defense in franchise history last year that they, they allowed the most or in terms of rushing yards allowed per game, it was the sixth worst in NFL history for them last year. Derrick Henry obviously 
kind of ran all over them. Contributed um, <laughs> to that. Yeah. yeah um, but, uh, but yeah, he helps them in the run game too. It's not that he's just a pass rusher too. So, so yeah, big, you know, big time guy for them. You know, it's funny mentioning the run game in Houston. They don't have much of one offensively. And that's not something that you, you don't want your rookie quarterback to have to throw the ball 44 times a game, every single time out, they've got to find some way to, to put together a, some semblance of a rushing game. Yeah. Yeah. As, as I, as I said, I mean, Damian Pierce, I mean, he, he has to be the engine for this team. And D'Amico Ryans has said, has indicated that, you know, they got to be a run first um, team. I mean, it sets up everything they want to do in, in the, in the play action game with kind of the, the West coast, um, you know, influence o- offense, they run with their new uh, with their new play caller there, and um, and yeah, that they have to figure it out. Even though, as I said, as I rattled off all those injuries that they have, I mean, at the end of the day, they still have to try to figure it out so it doesn't get ugly. Because CJ Stroud throwing forty plus times a game isn't sustainable, um, and 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 yeah, it, it's just not going to work. So um, I, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work for them right now, to be honest. I think they just need to get guys healthy um, because right now that they have some guys playing out of position up front and a lot of backups in. So um, in terms of the O line, so uh, I think right now there's kind of a lot of pressure on the defense to really um, to, to step up and, and, and kind of, carry them in that regard, at least in the early going. Ben Arthur of Fox Sports joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Ben, um, I feel like you have gone back and watched the Titans. Um, Besides Tannehill's play, what concerned you in their opening loss at New Orleans? Well, I I have... I haven't been able to watch all of the film yet. Um, so uh, just kind of take that with the grain of solid my, my analysis, but, but gotcha. yeah, I mean, they definitely left a lot out there um, on the field. I, I mean, beyond Tannehill, as you said, I, I think that the, the uh, red zone um, that that's gotta be better because, and, and I think that that ties into Derek Henry too, and how they, they just didn't seem to utilize him as much. Uh, down the stretch, he's got to get touches. And I remember Tim Kelly saying he, he had been asked uh, a few weeks ago about, uh, you know, j- just Derek and and ca- kind of like his utilization. Or I don't remember the exact framing, but but Tim said something along the lines of like he would be foolish not to um not to like involve him heavily like as the engine of this team the last several years you with Derek you you know what you kind of do well so uh, you have to make sure uh, he's involved especially in a in a close game down the stretch Um, so I I think giving Derek the ball like just simply giving your you know arguably your best offensive player the ball he has to see the ball more Um, obviously penalties that's that's got to be cleaned up um, and that, that was kind of the first regular season game for that offensive line. So it's, it's going to take some time, 
You know, I, I think with, with three or how many new start four new starters, um, it, it's it's just going to take some time like that to build that continuity. We saw them make strides throughout the summer, but um, it, it's going to take some time for them to all work work together in conjunction with 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 the run game and and, and with Tannehill as well. Um, and then defensively, I don't want to pick too much on them defensively because at the end of the day, the Saints still had um, just uh, 16 points. And so usually that, that should be enough to, to win a game. But, but we, see, we did see kind of the lapses um, at the end, like the, the, the um, you know, Christian Fulton giving up that 40-plus yard play. You, you can't. You can't have that, especially in a game that that you know comes down to one two points. Um, so so yeah, I, I mean the, there's a lot, but but I think ultimately t- Ryan Tannehill is the main reason they lost, right? I mean I, I think they, they could they could have still won even with all the, those other things that went wrong, as long as Tannehill didn't put the ball in, in harm's way. And it wasn't like these were fluky plays too; these were all underthrown into double coverage or their plays too. He just completely missed uh, wide open receivers. Um, So that just can't happen. Um, We can talk as much as we want about all these other things, but um, your starting quarterback has to give you a better chance to win a game Um, because this game is played between the margins. Most games come down to one score. And when you give up the ball, that many times in the way he gave it, gave it up. You, you just can't have that. Now, that being said, 10 points in one play. Mm. And Mike Vrabel's not happy. Even today, said that he spoke with NFL officiating coordinators to ask for more consistent officiating. And, well, I, I, and I think all you have to do is sit – the Josh Dobbs play against Jacksonville last year <laughs> yeah, this and one. this play next to each other. Side by side. And you tell me, <laughs> what's the difference? Why is this oh. one a fumble and this one an incomplete pass? And somebody should have to explain that to Brabel and to everybody else. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is no – I saw no difference. And I've seen – yeah, even on Twitter, like I've seen videos where people have kind of put it together side by side and – they're but literally the same thing. They're the same play. The, the ball went to the same place in both of those <laughs> plays. Yeah. It's, it's the wildest thing I've ever seen. And it's like, man, if, if there was just uh, – some, Somebody should have to answer to that. Someone should have to answer questions. But, you know, obviously you, you, don't, you can't blame officials when you throw three picks. You can't blame <laughs> officials when, when, when yeah, you do exactly. the things, you know, that, that the Titans did. That being said, after watching what you've seen this weekend – you know, obviously the AFC South, we didn't think it was going to be one of the best divisions in the, in the NFL anyway. Uh, you said it was going to be the worst. I, I, and I, <laughs> well, and the Falcons and Saints may have proved that I'm right. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with sure. the NFC East. Yeah. But, I mean, do you feel like that this division is any better than we thought, or is it as bad as we thought overall? Um. I mean, I think it's about what we thought. Um, are who they the, thought. The Jaguars kind of being as explosive as they are. 
the Titans, we, we knew, we thought the offensive product would look better than it did in week one, but we knew it wasn't going to, that that's not going to be like this fantastic high powered um, offense. I, I don't think really anyone had that expectation, although we did expect uh, a significant improvement from, you know, the, the top Todd Downing led units of the last couple years, but, um, but Titans defensively, pretty much what I expected. And I knew the Colts aren't going to be very good. That um, They have the run game concerns. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, they needed him. <laughs> they really needed him. I mean, their running backs combined for 16 carries for 25 yards on the ground. Like they – and, and to be able to take those hits off of Anthony Richardson, like that they need that. And they don't really have a lot of great weapons in terms of pass catchers. Uh, so I knew the Colts weren't going to be very good. And, and the Texans are going to be a work in progress. They're one of the youngest teams in the NFL, but Colts too. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is pretty much what I expected. I, I expect the Titans to be better. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of monitor them, but, for the most part, um, this division is pretty much what I expected it to be. Ben Arthur, Fox Sports, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Ben, thanks again for taking time with us. It has certainly been week one for everybody, officials, <laughs> players, officials, yeah. and talking heads. So appreciate you taking time with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Appreciate thanks, you. Ben. All right, yeah, we're going to take a regular break here, and when we come back, NFL reactions to the rest of the league right after this. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond Joint. Back to the League Company studio in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, 
Discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today. It's presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Time. Now to take a look at the National Football League outside of the AFC South. First off, uh, former Titan Adam Pacman Jones was arrested at an airport and for, quote, being unruly. Airport spokesperson Mindy Kirshner said police were called at 6 a.m. Monday to help crew members with an unruly passenger on a flight scheduled for departure. Kirshner confirmed that Jones was the passenger arrested prior to takeoff and taken to Boone County Detention Center. Details about Jones' arrest weren't immediately available, but he told WKRC-TV after he was released that he asked to be moved to another seat because the phone charger for the two seats he had purchased wasn't working and that he was told they would have to turn the plane around. That they haven't even left. Listen, he vehemently, quote unquote, according to this CSPN article, this is their words, not mine, vehemently denied being intoxicated and also it's 6 a.m. and also rejected the terroristic threat allegation. Listen, this, I mean, none of this. Go back to the charger for a minute. <clears throat> he paid for a charger or so, paid for a seat yeah, that had a charger? Yeah, so you just plug your phone up with like a USB okay, or whatever. Right, I get it that. Didn't work. Didn't work. Paid for it. Didn't work. Asked to be moved to one that did. And then apparently was told, I mean, I turn this plane around. I'm, I, First I, of I, all, I, I guess I'd have been arrested too. Yeah, because I, I mean, if I'm paying for something, don't I have a right to it? Well, and and, and is it my fault that it's not working? No, and that's the thing. Like this, this seems. Look, it's six in the morning. Right. One. Nobody's trying to. How unruly can you be at six, at six in, in the, the morning? morning? Well, other than for being up at six in the morning. Well, there's that. I mean, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little pissed off if I got to be up at six in the morning to get somewhere. And I'm going to be more pissed off if my charger that I pay for isn't working. Let, let, let's see if we can find because that was from the Associated Press. Let's see if we can find something else 
that gives a little more detail because I did see where he had posted a, he, he said something, he made a post about talking with a stewardess, <laughs> although the flight attendant was a male. <laughs> just be a steward. I, I wonder if that was by design. <laughs> I don't know if it, I, I don't think it, I, I mean, anyway, no, it doesn't look like there's, there is a video from Adam Clements at a Clements WKRC. Um, Pac-Man issue statement after being released from jail. So. Yeah, he said that this blank is getting <laughs> old, bruh. Uh, he insisted he was neither intoxicated nor making terroristic threats during the incident. I'm part of the media too, but report the facts. Report the facts and stop reporting the BS. Mm -hmm. The facts, Jones argued, coming from CBSSports.com, that he was wrongfully removed from the flight after merely asking <laughs> to change seats he had purchased. I paid for two seats myself. I had a conversation with the stewardess, a man, about the charger not working. Can you move me to somewhere else? It went from a it went from a whole thing, which you know we know about whole things here, mm -hmm. from me from moving me to oh, if we move you, we got to stop the whole plane. This is what y'all want, though. I'm not kissing nobody's behind. If I'm wrong, he didn't say behind. No, he did not. If I'm wrong, I'm gonna tell you I'm wrong. I'm wrong for telling the flight attendant that the charger is not working for the seat because I need my iPad to work when I get to New York. No. Listen, I. When Pac-Man is arrested, very rarely am I going to be on Pac-Man's side. But based on everything we've seen, <laughs> Pac-Man asks, "Who gets drunk at 6:30 in the morning?" Here, here's. I, I'm just going to say it. This is a. This is exactly the type of thing you would expect when a, not just a black man, but a black man who looks like Pac-Man. Right? He's a little. He's athletic. He's he's built that way. He's intimidating. So when he stands up to talk to this dude, the guy gets intimidated, right? Thinks that he's, you know, coming up on him. And this is, this is, in my opinion, and, and it, based it, on what we've seen. And everybody is quick to believe that because of Pac-Man's background. In fact, there is a Twitter, there's a tweet that I'm not going to tell you who wrote it. I bet I could guess in three guesses. You absolutely could, and, and we'll see after we get off the air. But if I can get my cursor. You're on the wrong screen. Yeah. you got to get to the other side. Yeah. Keep going. There, there you go. There we go. Um, hang on. But I keep hearing and reading he's reformed. He's reformed. I'm telling you this was th this is not... This doesn't sound this to me like a situation where Pac-Man is in the wrong. Yep, based on everything we've seen so far. Now we may get a, we may get a video, you know, surveillance footage that that proves that he was acting all fool. But I mean, based on what we've heard over the last five minutes, again, any number of people would have been bothered under the same circumstances. Uh, absolutely. 
So, you know. I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not getting, I'm not putting this on Pac-Man. Mm -mm. I'm, I'm not putting this here. on Pac-Man. Not this. So that was know. not at all what I wanted to talk about. Just no. mentioned it, and here we are. But Dallas Cowboys. So first of all, uh, about that whole New York Giants are going to win the NFC East thing. I was just kidding. <laughs> that was that was that was sorry. That was satirical. You, you, you demand a recount, right? It <laughs> was satirical. Uh, however, about that Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl pick, totally meant that one. Uh, not from the wild card spot, huh? <laughs> not from the wild card. I don't think. I think they're going to get that that buy. Is this the most dominant defensive performance we've ever seen in the NFL? You know, I, I, again, didn't watch, don't know, but 40 to nothing in week one is, in week one in particular, I mean, that's that's pretty dang dominant. I, I mean, obviously, it's recency bias potentially, but it's the largest shutout win in Dallas Cowboys franchise history. Wow. The last time that they beat someone that bad was Baltimore in 1978, 38 to nothing. That was when they were the Colts, of course. The second largest margin of victory against the Giants in 122 matchups in 1966, the Cowboys opened the season with a 56-7 win over New York. And in 95, the Cowboys beat them 35 to nothing. <laughs> the Cowboys became the fifth team to open their season with a shutout of 40-plus points on the road. The last time that happened was when Pittsburgh beat the Browns 43 to nothing in 1999. So, so this is a win of historic proportions then. Uh, it, okay, if not the most dominant performance in history, definitely the most dominant performance in this millennium. Cowboys are on have put folks on notice. You have now been put on notice. Tonight Buffalo and the Jets, we get to see Aaron Rodgers and Jets Green taking on Josh Allen. And the Bills, Bills are a two-point favorite on the road. Who do you like? I like the Bills. All right. I'm going to take the Bills as well because I think they're going to win the division. Uh, so, yeah. There you go. Monday Mirror. We can look back. Oh, <laughs> Braves won 10, 8, and 10. And Cal Wright is apparently starting game two in an hour and 40, 40 minutes. We could continue talking, but we're not going to go three hours. No. We're just not. But come back tomorrow. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> come back tomorrow. We'll continue these discussions and much, much more. Of course, Chip Walters will join us as well. Look forward to seeing you at 2 o'clock here on Main Street Media TV. This is Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn & Joint. Have a good one.